So it's not uncommon at the end of a class to have people crying. Maybe they didn't understand a word that I was saying, but they were able to do the movements, the poses, listen to the music, engage in the energy field, and have a meaningful transformational experience. Welcome to Subscriptions Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is Beth Shaw, who is the founder and CEO of YogaFit. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, I undersold your title there because obviously you just told me you do uh, quite a few other things, and I can't wait to dive into that, the podcast and the books that you've written. But for any listeners that don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to start YogaFit. My name is Beth Shaw, and I'm the CEO and founder of YogaFit. And I started doing mind-body practices actually when I was six years old. I used to suffer from horrible migraine headaches. And I taught myself how to do guided meditation and imagery to cure those migraines, which was successful. I've been doing yoga practice since childhood, studying psychology, nutrition since high school. And I've also been working out since age 15. So it's uh, been kind of a natural progression for me to be in the health and wellness industry, of which now I've been in it for over 25 years. And I literally started Yoga Fit out of the trunk of my car and my living room in the late 90s. So what was the impetus for starting a business out of the trunk of your car? I saw a need in the marketplace for safe and effective yoga that was not really being taught, especially in the health club environment. I did a cable TV show. I did a couple of audiobooks and started Yoga Fit, doing teacher trainings, educating people, doing health and wellness seminars, selling clothing. And 25 years later, we are the largest yoga mind body school in the world. In fact, I just got back from Japan where I was oh, working with a team of people who own hospitals in the north of Japan, bringing yoga fit into the healthcare system there. So let's talk a little bit about all you, you mentioned a few things there that yoga fit does, but it sounds like training other yoga instructors is kind of the core of it. What all does the business do? Well, Yoga Fit originally started as a teacher training school, but we now mm -hmm. do a lot of conferences that are open to anyone. We do corporate wellness with a lot of insurance companies, Fortune 500 companies, and I do a lot of educating different entrepreneurial groups in the importance of health and wellness. Okay. Well, talk a little bit about how you monetize this business. I mean, the teacher training how long do those typically go? Talk a little bit about your seminars and different ways that you get out there and kind of drive revenue for the company. Our typical teacher trainings or any trainings last anywhere from one to two days. When we okay. have conferences, you know, we have upwards of four or five days of training. We're having one coming to Palm Springs actually in early January. We'll have a couple of hundred people there, some consumers, some enthusiasts, some teachers. We've got a bunch of different specialty tracks, Yoga Lean, Yoga for Athletes, Yoga's Healthcare, Yoga Fit Warriors, which specializes in helping people with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and trauma. And again, when I work with corporations or private entrepreneur groups, I can do as little as an hour of a seminar, uh, but it's usually a half day. Okay. So it sounds like there's some more transactional interactions that you have with some of your customers, but talk a little bit more about 
what are some ways that you continuously engage with maybe that, whether it's individuals or companies, you know, to kind of have that baseline recurring revenue to your business as well? That's an excellent question, Nick. We do a lot of continuity groups online, predominantly groups for weight management, because, you know, the average COVID weight gain was 29 pounds per person. Did not know that. Yeah. And our obesity rates here in the U.S. right now are well climbing over 50% and overweight people comprise about 70% of the population. So we've got a real health crisis here, physical health and mental health, of course. And we have a lot of yoga, mindfulness, meditation programs that deal with mental health issues. And really, my goal is to empower individuals to take control of their physical and mental health using yoga and other mind-body tools. But these continuity groups, they typically run for eight weeks at a time. We're starting a yoga lean group in January. I've also done online groups for alcohol cessation and other things. Okay. Well, how are you looking at those programs are obviously very attractive from a business perspective, right? Because ongoing repeatable business, what other areas related to that are you looking to grow or continue to expand into? We're adding a subscription platform to our website, yogafit.com, and people will be able to buy a monthly subscription to have access to classes, seminars, lectures, and education. Awesome. Well, so why is that important to you? I mean, obviously there's the big upside of having that repeatable business there and a baseline of predictable cash flow. But what were some of the your main drivers for wanting to launch a subscription service? The YogaFit community is a very beautiful one. People go on the essence of YogaFit, which is no judgment, no expectation, no competition. Listen to your body, go at your own pace, stay present in the moment. And having supportive people around you working in groups creates that sense of community and support. Many people have found really good friends through these programs. And it's just a, it's a good way to keep the community together. And that's very important these days because people are feeling very isolated and alone. Absolutely. Especially now more than ever, right? I mean, I think we expected life to not expect it, but hope that life would go back to normal post-COVID, but it's different now and community is more important than ever, right? It is different. In fact, we're having a challenge getting people coming back to live events because people have been some bombarded with fear and change their behavior so much that they have forgotten how beautiful and meaningful an in-person interaction is. And to me, I love business events. I love social events. I love any kind of a conference. In fact, I recently snuck into a conference when I was in Nashville in the health industry, just because, you know, I like being around people. I like learning. I like interacting. I like exchanging energy. And the information and tips and aha moments really come up in person in a way that they just don't online and on Zoom. That's so true. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. There's just really no substitute for it. Digital can only go so far, but those in-person moments where someone's truly fully engaged in the conversation or hearing other things going on around them, it's a very different environment, isn't it? Most definitely. Yeah. Well, it feels like subscription fits very well with what you're doing, which it's a lifestyle, right? It's not something you intend to just do for a period of time and maybe cure something. It's an ongoing lifestyle. So talk a a little bit about this community that you're wanting to build and what you kind of hope to get out of that with this subscription service. Well, we have a very robust community through YogaFit because we have been training, educating, teaching people for over 25 years. In lieu of, we used to run 15 conferences a year across North America pre-COVID. So in lieu of those, you know, the multitude of the events, now we're only running about four a year. There has to be a way to keep people together. And that's where those online communities are so important. 
Well, how are you keeping those people engaged, right? Especially in, in a digital form. How are you communicating with them? Are you doing webinars and things like that? Email outreach? What are the different ways that you can engage with them? Yeah, we do monthly webinars on different health topics, and you can find those by going to yogafit.com or any of our YogaFit social media channels. And then we do e-blasts. Sometimes we do hard mailing, and we do a lot of posting on social media. How are you reaching brand new people, bringing them into the brand, whether that's instructors or just community members? There's, I'm sure word of mouth is a huge channel for you guys, people that have had a positive experience coming in that way. But what are some of the other ways you're reaching out to new people? We reach out through strategic partnerships that we have with insurance companies, with different food and beverage companies in the health-related space. Through attending, I presented a lot of different conferences around the world. So that's the way that we really reach new people. Obviously, online advertising, but that's not as effective as word of mouth or that in-person touch point. Sure. Yeah, it feels like you would be creating a pretty close relationship with your community members. You know, they need to feel really a part of it. And while I'm sure search terms and active outreach can potentially bring people in, those aren't necessarily going to be as engaged, perhaps, as people who are coming because they have a friend who had a great experience and wants, sees the positive changes in their life or wants to be a part of that as well, right? Exactly. And I also host a radio show called Make America Healthy. And uh, through that radio show, I have the wonderful ability to interview different people in the fields of health and wellness, biohacking, anti-aging, different supplements, mental health, alternative and complementary medicine, different celebrities. So I also reach people through the Make America Healthy radio show. It's off of Voice America. We're on the Empowerment Channel, and we're also on the Health and Fitness Channel. But also Make America Healthy Lives Anywhere podcasts exist. Okay. Well, what made you want to get into the world of podcasts? Did you feel like that was an effective way to kind of engage with different people and create content for your community? Or what was your main reason for getting into that? My goal, I think, in this life is just to be an educator and to bring as much information to people as possible. It also gives me a much wider range of topics than I can address through my primary business, YogaFit. And I feel a little bit more free to, you know, whether I discuss a plant medicine journey that I did or some intermittent fasting thing that I'm trying, it gives me a platform to be more expressive and share information that perhaps I would not share through YogaFit. Awesome. Well, I mentioned at the top that you've written some books as well. Tell us about those. I've written four books. The first one is called Yoga Fit. It's sold over 200,000 copies worldwide, and it's been in publication now for over 20 years. And my second book is one of my favorites. It's called Yoga Lean, and it's the basis of some programs we do through Yoga Fit and also some of our continuity ongoing support groups for weight management, Yoga Lean groups. And my third book is The Yoga Fit Athlete. It's for anyone who's doing any kind of working out, sports, so that they can balance their bodies because really everyone needs to do yoga to, if nothing else, help their back pain and strengthen their core. And my last book came out very conveniently just before the pandemic, and it's called Healing Trauma with Yoga. Awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of COVID, what did that do for you? We've been talking about conferences and in-person interactions, but what are some of the ways that you kind of had to pivot your business and your brand to deal with the fact, at least for a period of time there, we were 100% digital. Like, what did you start doing differently? 
Well, we had an all in-person business pre-COVID doing a thousand trainings a year worldwide in person. We were doing 15 conferences a year across North America in person. So we quickly had to change our business model to a virtual one. And we did that within three weeks. And 2020 was actually a really good year for us because so many people were locked up at home. And at least they could, you know, do yoga for eight hours a day with us during our courses. So that's impressively quick turn to digital in just three weeks. But what did you do? Like, what were the steps that you took to you know, kind of bring that experience virtual instead of being 100% relying on in-person interactions? Well, if we had relied on in-person, we would not be in business today. <laughs> I had been telling my team for years we needed online education. I got a lot of pushback. It was too difficult, lots of excuses. But I will tell you, when push came to shove and they had to figure it out or they wouldn't have jobs, they did figure it out. It's amazing. It's amazing how things can get figured out. Well, how did that evolve over time? You know, as things started opening back up and you could eventually get back to in-person interactions, how have you made those two things work cohesively? Well, we offer options. And I think when I teach yoga, the one with the most options wins. And through the course of the past couple of years now, probably at 70% of our education is online and the other 30% is in-person. You were talking about launching this subscription service, and I know you're probably in the process of trying to figure things out, but what are some things that you've learned already or had to think about differently compared to the, maybe some of the interactions or types of engagement that you would typically have with your customers? You know, I think that we keep our groups small online so that we can give everybody yeah. personal attention because having a thousand people on a Zoom training for something like yoga and being able to look at people's form and have a meaningful dialogue with them. We keep our training small online. We limit it to about 10, 12 people. And it has enabled us to reach a lot of people that it, who are in different countries or out living in the middle of nowhere where transportation to a conference or live training is not as accessible. So in that respect, it's broadened our reach. What challenges has that then presented? Being global, you know, being able to reach a lot of different countries and a lot of different people that I'm sure has brought up some unique challenges that you maybe didn't anticipate? Well, just like when I got back from Japan most recently, I was there for about two weeks and the most Japanese people do not speak English. But I will tell you something that's very interesting about yoga in particular, the effects of the yoga affect people the same way, regardless of what language they speak. So it's not uncommon at the end of a class to have people crying. Maybe they didn't understand a word that I was saying, but they were able to do the movements, the poses, listen to the music, engage in the energy field, and have a meaningful transformational experience. So that you feel like that translates pretty well across geographies when you're virtual. I do, Nick. I've taught everywhere from Saudi Arabia to Russia to Japan, China, South America, and Music is a language that's universal. Movement is a language that's universal. Meditation is universal. So that's the really beautiful thing about what we do. Sounds amazing. Well, what's next for you guys? I mean, you're continuing to grow. Obviously, you're traveling and getting back into in-person conferences, but what else is new for you guys? For me, my goal is to continue to bring yoga, meditation, other mind-body tools into more healthcare systems and hospitals like we're doing in Japan. I think it's very important for people who are struggling with a health crisis to be connected to their bodies, to be connected to their minds, to connect with 
you know, something that's inside of them and outside of them. Some people would call it spiritual awareness, the universe, whatever you want to call it. It really gives people a sense of peace and calm and hope and also gives them some empowerment that they feel like they're taking a part of their health journey into their own hands. And also we're doing more and more work with corporations because there's so many people working for corporations that are unhealthy, that are working under, you know, fluorescent lights and staring into screens for long hours, not moving their bodies, eating processed foods. So our goal is to help corporate America, really corporate anywhere, bring more health to their employees because at the end of the day, you really want to have healthy employees, lowering insurance costs, reducing absenteeism, providing for a better culture, corporate culture. And there are many organizations that we work with that are making these mind-body tools part of, of their weekly routine. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, when we moved mostly in the corporate world to this virtual world or where we had to entirely for a period of time, a lot of businesses haven't gone back to that. At most, they've gone hybrid, right, of being both remote and in office. But I think what we've consistently seen is a lot of people burning out. The number of employees now that are leaving their jobs either to go to a different job or come out of the workforce entirely is kind of unprecedented. Not to mention just the mental well-being of your employees can lead to a far higher productivity, right? If they're more engaged when they're there and more focused on their job. So I think it makes a heck of a lot of sense that corporations would want to be investing in that based upon what they're seeing play out with their workforce. Exactly. And listen, even if corporations really don't care about their employees, they need to act like they do by offering their employees wellness solutions. And that's what we provide through Yoga Fit. Physical and mental and emotional wellness solutions. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Beth, I've really appreciated all of the insights that we've talked about here today and everything that you've shared for anyone that maybe wants to check out Yoga Fit, maybe find the books or your podcast. Tell us all of the different places they need to go. Great. Well, they can go to yogafit.com. And if they want to take a training or conference, they can use the code voice 22 to save 15%. And my books are available anywhere books are sold, the Amazon and the traditional venues. They can find me on Instagram at Beth Shaw Health. And they can also visit my personal website. They want to book me for a speaking gig or whatever. My personal website is bethshaw.com. Awesome. Well, again, Beth, thank you so much. I mean, it's clear that now more than ever, this sort of mindfulness and attention to health is needed as much as ever and wish you nothing but continued success. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Let's make America healthy. Namaste. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.